Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I heard an old, old story. How a savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. to Jerry McGee, Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. And my aim each time that I teach will be to teach you principles of the overcoming life. And basically, these principles came in as I was learning to overcome myself, and I still am overcoming. Praise God. The promises of God are to the overcomer. And we'll be uh, coming live the first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. And um, Abiding Life Ministries, I'm in Lindale, Texas. If you'd like to write us or uh, mail a gift, you can send it to Post Office Box 1141, Lindale, Texas, 75771. Or you can go onto the website, jerrymcgee.com, and that's all small letters, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. And um, let us hear from you. If you've been blessed by the program, um, we just like to hear what God has done in people's lives. The other day, a precious lady um, emailed me and said that she had been trying to get pregnant for 17 years. And so we prayed for her, and now she's pregnant. Hallelujah. So bless the Lord. We thank God. We give him all the glory. At the end of the teaching, if you would like to call in for special prayer, you can call in 646 595 Four seven eight four, and don't forget to press one. My website, as I said before, is uh, jerrymcgee.com, and you can. Uh, there's a lot of free CDs you can listen to, <clears throat> and also, my son died of AIDS in 1989, and there's a test that was made 13 days before he died. And if you know anyone that's into that lifestyle, I believe that that uh, video would bless him, bless them. This has gone worldwide. It's now on YouTube. You can also go on YouTube and find it. And so I'm going to go ahead and teach. And then at the end, if you need prayer, if you'll call in, I'll be happy to to pray for you. And the title of this message tonight is on um, really overcoming. Well, as I was was praying, I was asking the Lord, what is the message that is the most beneficial to people? And I believe that this message probably is one of the 
most beneficial messages that anybody uh, could hear because I think it's something that we all deal with in our relationships. And so I want to begin by prayer. Lord, I just we just come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, and I ask that your Holy Spirit move and fall upon every life, upon Dorothy, her family, upon me and my family, upon every person who's listening in, upon our president, Lord, we just upon all those helping our president, upon those that are supporting our president. And, Father, we just hold the shield of faith up over every life in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we just uh, thank you and praise you for what you're going to do tonight. I just loose on each person the truth that sets people free. Lord, we pray for a spirit of counsel, might, excellence, the fear of the Lord, and a spirit of repentance to be poured out upon each person who's listening. Father, I ask you to show each person people they haven't forgiven. I pray, Lord, that you teach them tonight through this teaching uh, to forgive. We just give you blessings, Lord. We just praise you for being such a mighty God. We just thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you that you let us come to know you as Savior. And, Lord, we thank you that you're our Lord and our Master. And, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just ask you to move powerfully and mightily in our lives. We ask you to move in the life of each person who will be listening in, in Jesus' name. And, Father, uh, in the name of Jesus, I pray the eyes of every heart will be enlightened. I ask you to cover us with the blood of Jesus, uh, cover our president with the blood of Jesus, every person who's helping him, his family, every person who's listening in. Lord, I just ask you to cover us with a special covering of warrior angels to boomerang back on the enemy, every curse and assignment sent against us, not to kill them, hurt them, harm them, but so they'll fear God and turn away from evil. And, Lord, we just pray in blessings upon each person who's listening in, in the name of Jesus. Well, first I want to just mention about anger. It, Ephesians 4, 26, I believe, says that we're not to let the sun go down on our anger because if we do, we give the devil a foothold in our life. So every time you've let the sun go down in your anger, you have given the devil a foothold in your life. In Matthew 5, it, it talks about, it says, don't, don't call anyone a fool, and I'm just going to paraphrase, don't... Um, don't say raka, which means you're empty head, you're not worth it, you're good for nothing. Uh, don't call anybody a fool. In other words, a lot of times when we do that, we're saying, you know, I regret the day that I ever married you or ever had you or gave birth to you. And then he goes on to say, make friends quickly with your opponent with him uh, while you're with him on the way unless he turns you over to the to the judge and James 2 says that God's the judge. There's one God, one judge, one God, one judge. And the judge turns you over to the officer, and it's a demonic spirit. And then you be thrown in prison. So it's saying when we let the sun go down on our anger, we go into prison, into a spiritual prison. And if you're angry at a thousand people, you're, into, you're in a thousand different spiritual prisons. And God, God tells us not to let the sun go down on our anger. He says if we call people uh, Raka or Yifu, we're in danger of the judgment. And and I looked up that word in the Greek, and it means the final place of punishment for the ungodly. So God tells us that if we – it basically says this too in Galatians 5.19, if we practice anger, we'll not inherit the kingdom of God. It tells you in Ephesians 4.26 – which might be confusing to some people. It says, be angry and sin not. 
And sometimes people think, well, you know, that's a license to be angry. But what that means is acknowledge your anger and then deal with it by sundown. I used to think it meant deny you're angry, and maybe some of you can identify with this. My husband might say, well, are you angry? And I say, no. Well, you, well are you sure? No. No. Um, well, you sure have a funny look on your face. No, I'm not angry. Have you, have you ever been there? You know, you just think, well, maybe be angry and sin not means, you know, just put a lid on it and pretend you're not angry. But what it means is say is just to acknowledge, yes, I'm angry. Maybe I have a right to be angry or I don't have a right to be angry, but I'm going to forgive you by sundown. So basically that scripture is saying don't let your anger turn into sin. You've got till sundown to deal with it. And it means to acknowledge it, take accountability for it. And then in Matthew 18, it it gives a parable of the Lord. He has two uh, servants. One owed him about a million dollars, $10 million, and the other one owed about $18. And in that parable, and I'm just going to paraphrase it because I'm not going to read that chapter to you, but I'll just tell you what it says, and then you can look it up and read it for yourself. But the Lord, but the man who owed him $10 million uh, came to have mercy from his Lord, and the Lord, he said, have mercy on me and I'll repay. And the Lord had ordered him and his family to be put in, a, put in prison. Anyway, the Lord had mercy on him, and so he no no. Uh, no sooner gets mercy from God, he goes and finds someone who owes him about $18, and he grabs him around the neck, chokes him, and throws him in prison. So when we get angry at someone else, we're really putting them in a prison. When we're angry at them, we imprison them. The, scri- the scripture says, whosoever sins you you remit or remitted, whosoever sins you retain or retain. So when we make a judgment on somebody and are angry towards someone, we put that in a person in a prison concerning us and they might say we're judging them for not loving us well they might be showing love to everyone but we we're shut off from it because we've put them in a prison you know jesus said you'll have what you say and so we don't realize how much our tongues are used for evil death and life are in the power of the tongue and i was thinking about this uh today i was thinking about this because i I rode with someone a few days ago and they said they were so negative that by the time I got where I was going, I was almost depressed just listening to negativity. You know, when we're negative, we're really being a mouthpiece for the devil. When we are negative, we're not speaking words of faith. And so God tells us that we're to forgive. And then back to the the uh, scripture of Matthew 18, the Lord who had been forgiven, I mean, the, the servant who had been forgiven for $10 million goes and finds someone that owes him $18 and says, pay up. And the man said, have mercy, and he wouldn't have mercy. So he grabbed him around the neck, choked him, threw him in prison. And then the Lord's servants went and reported this to the Lord, what this man had done. And the Lord said, you wicked slave, shouldn't you, sh- you should have forgiven, you should have forgiven that debt as I've forgiven you. And he said, turn him over to the tormentors. And the tormentors in the word Greek, in the Greek means tormentors are demons that inflict pain. It's the pain of disease. And it means inquisitor. An inquisitor is a jailer who stretches someone out on a rack and tortures him till he gets what he wants. And so when we don't forgive, we're turned over to the tormentors. And that's demons that inflict pain. And I really believe the Bible teaches that that unforgiveness is behind sickness and you know when somebody hurts us uh when what we do is 
if we don't forgive them by sundown, the next day it's unforgiveness, and the next day it's bitterness. And then bitterness is like drinking poison, waiting for someone else to die. Now, I want to share with you how the Lord has taught me how to forgive before I go any further and before I start sharing about bitterness. But when, when our anger, we let the sun go down on it and we hold unforgiveness, and it, it's, it becomes bitterness. And the Lord, one day I had lunch with someone, and we got into a disagreement, and she said she was sorry, and I said I was sorry. And the next day, I was still arguing with her in my head. I was thinking, you know, I can't believe she's so negative. I can't believe she's so critical. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. And the Lord said, she's just like your mother. When I said, Lord, why can't I get over this? She said she was sorry, and I said I was sorry. Why couldn't I get over this? And the Lord said, she's just like your mother. And I said, well, Lord, I don't know what to forgive my mother for. And the Lord said, forgive your mother for everything you don't like about her. So I began to say, Lord, I forgive my mother for this. I forgive my mother for that. I forgive her for this. And then it just totally left. You know, how many of you know you have to forgive? Forgiveness is a choice. It's not an emotion. You don't have to feel like it. You don't have to think it's right. You just do it because you love the Lord. But how many of you have said the words, I forgive, and a day later, a week later, a month later, you're still arguing with them in your head? You really haven't forgiven them because in Matthew 18, it says we're to forgive from the heart. And what the Lord showed me was, if I can't forgive somebody, it goes back to unresolved childhood issues. And so, um, so if you're if you're that person that is trying to forgive somebody and you it just doesn't want to go away, you've got to go back and see how this relates to your own childhood. And so, forgiveness also means like um, it means to transfer one case from my courtroom to God's courtroom. You know, God's the judge. And for me to forgive means I have to get down off of my judge's bench and walk the person over to God's courtroom where he sits as the great God of the universe. And I can, I can also take my mother and daddy with them or grandparents if it doesn't apply to mother and dad. Somehow it applies to your childhood. It's why you can't forgive them. And you put them in God's courtroom knowing that vengeance is his, he'll repay because the, the law of sowing and reaping will catch people. That's how God repays. Whatever you do, you're going to get back more later in the same thing. And so when you put them in God's courtroom, you're not, you're, not wanting, you know, you're not wanting them to be punished. You're going to release them to God, and you're going to put them in front of God's court, in front of God the judge, and just let go of your life, let them go, put them in there along with your parents, and close the door and rest your case. That's what it means to forgive. Now, there's other times when somebody might say to you, you know, forgive me for what I said yesterday. And you might say, well, what did you say? And you say, well, I said this, I said that. Well, you say, well, I didn't even think anything of it. That's not a hard issue. But when, but if you're a person that is trying to forgive a particular person and you can't forgive them, you can't seem to forgive them, it goes back to your own childhood. And if you don't remember anything, I, anything else I say uh, during this teaching, uh, I hope you'll remember how to forgive and not let the sun go down on your anger. And so God wants to deliver you from everything that makes you angry. Anger has a hot wire that's connected to an idol. You know what your idols are whenever, whatever makes you angry, it's an idol. In fact, all of this is idolatry, really. God says we're to have no other gods before him. He tells us that if no idolater will even enter the kingdom of heaven. So we have to let go of our life if we want to find it. 
And so how you and I respond to life circumstances will determine if we get better or bitter. You know, if I go to the throne of grace, God says there's a throne of grace I can go to. And at the throne of grace, I receive mercy and help in time of need. There's a, there's a throne of grace I can go to. And so if I want to get better in that trial, I'll go to the throne of grace. I'll humble myself. I will let God deal with me however he chooses. I'll repent uh, of my sin. I will confess my sin. And the scripture says that I will get strengthened, confirmed, established, and perfected. Well, if I don't go to the throne of grace when I go through a trial, I don't go to the throne of grace. I come short of the grace of God. The Bible says I receive a root of bitterness. And so, uh, as I said earlier, bitterness is like drinking poison waiting for someone else to die. Now, there's reasons why we don't go to the throne of grace. Most of the time, the reason we don't go, it's not willful rebellion. It's we just have a poor concept of God. If you had parents that wouldn't forgive you or wouldn't teach you anything or wouldn't answer your questions or wouldn't help you, then you've got to deal with your mother-daddy issues because parents model for us a picture of what God's like. And so we, we think God's like our mother and father. So that would be one reason why we don't go. And if you don't go to the throne of grace, you come short of the grace of God, you receive a root of bitterness, but you also uh, have a fainting spirit. You want to give up, quit. You know you have a fainting spirit if you want to give up, quit, and bail out every time you have a problem. And uh, I used to, I was married to a fainter, and every time through a trial, he wanted a divorce. And he was never a happy person because he had a poor image of God. And so how you and I respond to our circumstances will determine if we get better or bitter. It tells us in Hebrews 12, pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see God. The King James says, and um, pursue peace with all men and, and holiness without which no man will see God. So we have to be being conformed into the image of Christ. In every situation, we need to get conformed into the image of Christ. Bitterness can be defined, according to Webster's Dictionary, as a dangerous era, a schism, a breach of charity or a breach of love. Uh, it means apostasy, and apostasy will draw, will have a tendency to cause you to abandon what you once professed, in fact, even fall away from the faith. The scripture says, I think it's First Peter 4, 1, that says, In latter times men will fall away from the faith, giving heed to doctrines of demons and seducing spirits. Bitterness will cause you to fall away from the faith because God tells you in Matthew 6 that if you don't forgive, you won't even, he won't forgive you. You don't even have salvation if you don't forgive. Uh, bitterness means extreme enmity or ill will. It means hatred, uh, grudge. It means in, irreconcilable enmity or anger of passions and emotions. Uh, it means sharpness, severity of temper, biting sarcasm, extreme wickedness. In the Hebrew, bitterness means discouragement, maybe a feeling of of, of hopelessness. When I was reading this today this message to prepare <clears throat> i know some people that uh probably feel hopeless because they live with negative people bitterness means i can't get out of this situation uh, bitterness means terminal death <clears throat> excuse me 
not only is bitterness just a bitter taste in your mouth, which is one of the roots to acid reflex, but it's also a feeling of despair and despondency. Uh, it's unresolved grief, which opens up a door to bitterness. You know, God wants us to resolve our promise, our problems. He wants us to be problem solvers. He don't want us just to hang in with the problem forever and ever. You know, he tells us in James 1, it, it, you know, if you lack wisdom, go to God. He'll give it to you. He'll give liberally and upbraid not. For years, I would go uh, to the throne of grace. And I would ask for wisdom, but I, I would be like the ship driven of the wind and tossed. Did he say it or didn't he say it? Well, did he say it? And one day I heard a message that said, you know, if you go to God and you're asking him, you need to believe that he's going to answer you. And I can tell you that that made a difference in my life. Uh, this is just a little side story, but the other for the, for the last eight months, my dishwasher has been broke. And um, things kind of... And I thought, you know, living by myself, I don't really need the dishwasher because you don't mess up that many dishes. But anyway, I just kind of let the kitchen pile up last week. And I just said, you know, Lord, I think I'm ready for a dishwasher. I think I'm going to go down to Lowe's and get a dishwasher. I don't think I can afford it, but I'm going to go do it. And I heard I heard him say, turn the dishwasher on. But I just kind of ignored his voice. And then a few minutes later, I heard it clearly, turn the dishwasher on. I went and turned the dishwasher on, and it's been working ever since. You know, God wants us to have ears to hear, to listen to what it is he tries to tell us. And he's got so many blessings for us if we just listen. You know, over and over in the word of God, he would say, to him who has ears, let him hear. They all had ears, but not everyone had spiritual ears. And so, Lord, give us spiritual ears. In Numbers chapter 5, if a man thought his wife was committing physical adultery, he would take her to the priest, and the priest would mix up uh, some dirt from the temple floor, which was just filthy with all the animals and everything in the temple floor with all kinds of feces and everything else, mix it with water, and then mix it up and make her drink it. If she was guilty of committing physical adultery, he would take her to the priest. Uh, if she was guilty, she would, the priest would have her drink this water of bitterness, and the scripture says it would go down in her body like water. The scripture says that her stomach would swell and her thigh would waste away and she'd be barren. Now, if she was if she was not guilty of committing physical adultery, the scripture says she would be immune to the curse. Now, in Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 16, I think 16:32, and I'm just going to kind of tell you what it says because I have difficulty today reading paper notes but but I can just tell you as it, uh, you can read this too later on your own but Ezekiel 16 verse 32 through 41 God is likening a spiritual harlot to this physical harlot in numbers 5 a, a physical harlot gets paid for what she does, but a spiritual harlot is a person that commits spiritual adultery against our brethren Jesus, having other lovers besides besides Jesus. But he goes on and says, Oh, harlot, hear the word of the Lord. And then um, I'm going to try to read this. If not, I'm going to get you to read it. It says, then I'm going to judge you like women who commit adultery. So he's judging them just like the woman in Numbers 5. And uh, I'm not going to read it all, but anyway, at the end he says, I'm going to incite a crowd against you. Let's see, down in, uh, 
He says, I'm going to give you into the hands of your lovers. In other words, that's whoever you love more than Jesus. And I'll tear down your shrines, and I'll demolish your high places. That's places where you worship. I'll strip off your clothing, take away your your uh, jewels, and I'll leave you naked and bare. I'll incite a crowd against you. That's That's rejection. And they'll stone you with stones, cut you to pieces. And then I'm going to burn your houses and execute judgments on you in the sight of many women. So in other words, the same judgment on a spiritual harlot would be the one, the same, I'm sorry, the same judgment of a physical harlot would be the same judgment poured upon the spiritual harlot. It, it also says in this, this passage, I think it's in 32, you're not, you're not like most prostitutes. A physical prostitute gets paid for what she does, but a spiritual prostitute against the bridegroom Jesus, we pay our lovers. In other words, we jump through their hoops. We, we uh, change our schedules for them. We absolutely adore them, and they, turn, they absolutely turn on you. The Bible says that you'll have no other gods. In fact, God won't let you have another god. They'll always reject you. If you make an idol out of a person, get ready for rejection. Anyway, then he says, I'm going to stop. Then I'll stop you after all that. I'm going to stop you for, from your harlotry. And so God wants us to make him God. He doesn't want us to have other gods. We know we have an idol in our life if it makes us angry. We know we have an idol if we're holding unforgiveness. We know that we have idols in our life. Because idols, in other words, you can always detect your idol by knowing what makes you mad, what depresses you, what you're fearful of. And so there's a curse of the law of jealousy, according to Numbers 5 and Ezekiel 16. I was teaching a seminar once, and I just got through teaching on the curse. It's called the curse of the law of jealousy. And um, a little girl came up to me. She was about eight years old. And she said, oh, my leg hurts. And I broke the curse. Now, she was too young, really, to have committed any sin. It was just a generational curse. And I broke the curse of the law of jealousy, and her leg was healed. And bitterness causes us to be fruitless. God tells us that we have to produce fruit. John 15 says he's the, the, he's the vine and we're the branches, and every branch in him that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Ephesians 4.31 tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed on the day of redemption. Ephesians 4.31 says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. You know, we need to be merciful if we want mercy. Hebrews 4.14 says, therefore, since we have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with us, with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all manners, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and help in time of need. And when we do that, we, we are strengthened, confirmed, established, perfected, and conformed more into the image of Christ. You know, if, we don't, if we're not being conformed in the image of Christ, we don't even go to heaven. In your trial, you'll either be conformed to the image of Christ um, and deal with your, your pain 
at the throne of grace and your sin, or you will refuse to go to the the throne of grace and receive an image of the beast or the image of the one who you're angry at. You're either yielding to God in that trial, and every trial you go through, you're either yielding to God or you're yielding to Satan in that trial. Romans 8:28 says, "Everything works together for good to those that love the Lord, to the called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He predestined to become conformed into the image of His Son." Romans 8 it talks about food, wounding someone's conscience that you're not to you're not to be a stumbling block to a weaker a brother, and He's just using food in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Well, if food can wound somebody's conscience, a brother's conscience. How much more could sexual sin or negativity or physical abuse or spiritual abuse or emotional abuse? It would kind of be like um, the word wound somebody's conscience. It means to pattern after. So through a soul tie, we receive a pattern of the person who wounded us. It'd be kind of like if you uh, went over and took a muddy hand and put it on a white wall or your muddy hand and put it on a a plate glass window, you contaminate it. And so when someone wounds our conscience, what they do is they cause us to pattern after that person through a soul tie. Romans 2, 1 says we become like who we judge. And so until you and I forgive, it's like the people that we're bitter toward are just bonded to us through soul ties. It's kind of like they're hanging around our neck. And what God allows in your life, it's for your transformation and, and good to conform you into the image of Christ. The scripture says we're to count it all joy when we go through various trials, knowing that the testing of our faith produces endurance. And then uh, another place says we have need of endurance, and after we've done the will of God, we'll receive what's promised. The issues that have you distressed now are the same issues that distressed you in your childhood. What distresses you now is some unresolved issue or tra- you can trace it back to some unresolved issue of your own childhood. The purpose of your trial is so that you can learn in every situation, instead of to react in anger, to respond out of the Holy Spirit. God wants us to walk in love. So we're either reacting or responding. And wherever you react, I can tell you that's a button pusher. Either either you can be uh, exploding on the inside or you can be and looking very calm on the outside, but you can have something that pushes your button. And wherever you get your button pushed, you're reacting instead of responding out of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will allow conflict to come into your life uh, until you learn what he's trying to teach you. In Deuteronomy 8, 1, it says all the commandments, God says all the commandments that I'm commanding you today, you should be careful to do. And he's speaking to the children of Israel. But he, but we're also the Israel of God, according to Romans 9 and Galatians 3. And there's other places that says that believers are the Israel of God. We're the spiritual Israel of God. He says that you may live and might go in and possess the land which the Lord your God swore to your fathers. You know, there's things in our life we have to possess. The Bible says, you know, the children of Israel had a physical land to possess with lots of enemies on it we have a spiritual land to possess with lots of enemies on it you know fear is an enemy god wants every fear in your life gone he wants everything that makes you angry gone he wants every button pusher healed in fact i'm i'm so thankful that that god has taught me not to allow 
anger or depression or discouragement or uh, any of these things in my life. If I start feeling discouraged, why are you feeling discouraged? Praise God or, you know, what, why is this making me angry, Lord? And basically, I, I had been delivered until just lately in the issue of these, these uh, evil politicians have made me angry. And uh, God let me have uh, my arm. I've had problems with my right arm. And, of course, that's arm of the flesh. And what the Lord showed me is I've been fighting with the, with the arm of the flesh instead of trusting God to speak to our president. I've been trying to help him in the spirit realm, but, but not, not according to the Holy Spirit, um, just to the arm of the flesh. And as I've been repenting, my arm is almost well. You know, I could go to the world and they would give me muscle relaxers or maybe want to operate on the arm or something like that, but that's putting a Band-Aid on a spiritual problem. And I didn't even realize I was being angry at these people because normally I don't allow anger in my life. But praise God, I'm not angry now. Deuteronomy 8, 2. And you know what? You could say, well, you know the devil just really has put your arm out of commission, Jerry. No, it's not the devil. It's the discipline of the Lord. I thank God for the discipline of the Lord. So when you go through things, have an attitude of, God, what are you trying to teach me in this trial? I can start to get sick, and I was telling the lady that hosts this program, I was telling her a few minutes ago, if I start catching a cold or something, I say, the first thing I say is, okay, God, what did I do? Because sin is behind sickness. Now, if you don't believe that, read Deuteronomy 28, where it lists sickness as a curse. Proverbs 26.2 says, a curse without a cause cannot lie. So, you know, you can go to the world and they can put a Band-Aid on it, but you still got the demon. You still got the problem. You know, if I if I would go to the world for my arm and, and just try to put a Band-Aid on a spiritual problem, I would still have the spiritual problem. So as overcomers in Christ Jesus, we, not, we need to deal with whatever whatever the real problem is so that we can overcome and not just put a Band-Aid on a problem. In Deuteronomy 8.2, it says, You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God tested you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, test you to know what's in your heart, whether you're going to keep the commandments or not. He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna, which you do not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you Understand that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of, of God. Deuteronomy, 9, Deuteronomy 8 tells us why the Lord led children of Israel through, all of, through, the, through the wilderness. And, you know, our wilderness is our circumstances. He, it, it says in Deuteronomy 8, to humble you, to prove you, to know what's in your heart, know if you're going to keep the commandments or not. You know, God... God doesn't do it because he don't know he knows why you are the way you are he already knows but he it takes the test or the discipline if we're wise to show us what is really there exodus 15 verse 22 now this was after the children of israel went through the red sea and after they came out of the red sea moses led them from the red sea and they went into the wilderness of Shur. And they were there three days in the wilderness and found no water. Exodus fifteen twenty three. When they came to Marah, which means bitter, they could not drink the water of Marah. The water w- was bitter. Therefore, it was called 
Mara. Exodus 15:24. So the people grumbled at Moses, saying, "What shall we drink?" Then he cried out to the Lord. You know, when we cry out to the Lord, over and over, you can read in the Bible where it tells us to cry out to the Lord. It doesn't mean to say, hey, Lord, help me. It means, help me, Lord. That's what crying out means. You know, if a if a mother is washing dishes and her baby just kind of fusses a little bit, cries a little bit, you know, she just kind of ignores it. But if the baby screams out in alarm, she knows something's wrong, and she runs to the rescue of that baby. And it's kind of that way with God. I'm sorry, Exodus 15, 2 then he, then he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, and, of course, the tree represented Christ, and he threw it into the water, and the waters became sweet. So that's just a picture of us dealing with our issues and bringing Christ into our problem for he can sweeten our bitter waters. It says there he made them a statute and a, rest, and a regulation, and there he tested them, and he said, now God said this, If you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ears to hear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians, for I, the Lord, am your healer. Modern Hebrew means I, the Lord, am your doctor. You know, have you received Jesus as your great physician? Recently, I realized I'd received Jesus as my Savior, as my deliverer, but I'd never had received him as my doctor. And if you haven't, I think that's a good thing to do. Ephesians fifteen twenty seven. Then they came to Elam, and there were 12 springs of water and 70 date palms, and they camped there beside the waters. Isaiah 53.3, speaking of Jesus. Now, Isaiah was prophesying Calvary 900 years before Calvary happened. And so he prophesied and he said he was despised, speaking of Jesus, and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows our grief, our pain he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourgings we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray, each to his own way. Each has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall upon him. Now, that was prophesied 900 years before Calvary. Now, in the New Testament, here's a verse in Matthew 8:16. Matthew was looking back to Calvary that had already happened. And so this is the, the, uh, the New Testament verse that confirms this Old Testament verse. Matthew 8:16 says, And when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast with a word, and he healed all who were ill. You know, that should encourage you. If you have sickness in your body, look for the spiritual root to it, because Jesus healed all who were ill. Uh, Matthew 8, 17, in order that what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, saying he himself, 
took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. 1 Peter 2.24 And he himself bore our sins in his own body on the cross that we, that we might, number one, die to sin, number two, live to righteousness, and by his stripes you were healed. Matthew 3.10 tells us that, that we need to put the axe to the root of the tree. You know, you can cut down a tree, and if you don't get the roots, it's going to grow back. And so it's the same with sickness. I've discovered that when you find the spiritual root to it and repent of your sin, healing will come. And you have to take Jesus back into the root of the problem. He's the great physician. Unless you and I understand the the dealings of God, we can be bitter and even bitter toward God. You know, if you're angry toward God, that tells me you're angry towards your father or your mother. Understanding the chastings of God and his, to understand why he allows our trials because he wants to change us. He wants to discipline us for the purpose of godliness. And you'll never change until uh, the Spirit of God puts pressure on you. And that's why we need God's discipline. That's why we can thank God for discipline. We can count it all joy when we go through trials, knowing that the testing of our faith is producing endurance. And, you know, we don't change when we want to or we think we should. We change when we have to. And so I can thank God for this problem I've had with my arm because it's shown me lots of sin, lots of anger and unforgiveness I've had toward uh, people that are evil. You know, you have to love the person, but you don't have to love the evil. And so here's some causes of persistent bitterness, and I can tell you they all go back to letting the sun go down on your anger. You get hurt, uh, you let the sun go down on it, the next day it's unforgiveness and bitterness. Then you get turned over to the tormentors. It could be the same problem in my life that I'm judging someone else for. Many times somebody will, and I don't say it outwardly, but in my heart, somebody will irritate me and I can say, Lord, you know, why does that grieve me or why does that irritate me? And the Lord would say, you've done the very same thing or you judge your mother and father for it. So that could be a cause that I'm judging other people for the same problem I have in my life or partial guilt, partly it's my fault. Maybe I want revenge or I'm greedy or want to take up offenses. You know, I was taking up offenses for the president, and there's, you know, God does, God gives the person that's going through the trial, he gives you grace. But if you're taking up offenses for someone else, there's no grace for you just for because God wants the, each person to deal with their own issues. And also bitterness comes into our life anytime there's idolatry. Uh, through uh, loss of expectation, you know, we have hopes. You know, a lot of times people get married and they have great expectations. And then in that marriage, they end up uh, disappointing one another or have a loss of expectation. Another is allowing other people to control you because you've got the wrong yoke on your neck. Only the yoke of Jesus produces love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. If I'm wearing someone else's yoke, it's a grueling, shaping, annoying. And uh, the yoke, uh, someone else's yoke produces bitterness and the fruit of the flesh. When I'm controlling others, you know, I put them up on a pedestal and they've got to be perfect. Angry if they are not perfect. So, uh, you know, God doesn't want you controlling anyone. He wants you to let uh, let let it go. Something God's really showing me about things, you know, I, I have a wonderful family, but, you know, in every family, there's things that you might think they need to do differently, 
God's teaching me, just let it go. I just pray, Lord, if that'll bring you, if this would bring you greater glory and honor for this to happen, so be it. But devil, you can't touch them in the name of Jesus. Another would be unresolved hurt, which would be not dealing with your issues. The pressure of work. You know, I had a precious friend. His husband left her, and she was angry and bitter because she had to stand as a hairdresser, and she had arthritis in her feet. See, bitterness, wherever you have arthritis, if it's in your arm, your your legs, or your hands, or wherever the arthritis is, it's bitterness. The pressures of work, um, you have a loss of a loved one, uh, you go through divorce, um, that can be a, a great source of bitterness is being angry at the person that left and the woman that they left with or the man they left with, childhood trauma. You know, all the times as children we let the sun go down in our anger, guess what? We've got bitterness. We don't know. Little children don't know they can go to God. Another is being pressured to achieve. Um, you know, sometimes little children are expected to uh, do above what they're able to do, and they're pressured to achieve. That can be a source of bitterness. Verbal, mental, physical, sexual abuse also um, can be a source of bitterness. Words are spiritual powers. When we speak words, we're either putting into operation the spirit of life or the spirit of death by the words we speak. You know, I talked earlier about a negative spirit. If you're a negative person, those aren't words of faith. Those are words of death. And pity the person that has to live with a negative person. Another is being defiled by someone else's root of bitterness. For example, you might be thinking really good thoughts about a person, and then I come and tell you some dirt on that person, and you all of a sudden, from then on, every time you see this person you thought so much of, you remember the dirt. I've defiled you with my root of bitterness. Another uh, issue of, uh, that would bring um, bitterness is rejection, not being loved, husband not nurturing the wife, you know, that which is the source of breast cancer. And that really goes back to people not being breastfed. You know, if a, if a baby's not, if baby's not breastfed, then there's, a, which is a, it's, it's a nurturing. If a baby's not breastfed, that is one of the roots of breast cancer. Then she gets married, marries a man because she, there's a, an automatic judgment marries a man that doesn't nurture her and she's bitter toward the man she's married to, but it really goes back to mother. A loss of expectation, we've already talked about that. Being pushed into a role that God never intended for you to be pushed in. Husbands, you need to be spiritual leaders of your home. You need to love your wife like Christ loves the church. Uh, and that does not mean uh, cowing to her fit throwing. It doesn't mean letting her demons control you. But it means uh, submitting to the word of God through your wife, I mean, or through your husband. And so, you know, wives that have to be the spiritual leader or have to be the provider, that is a source of bitterness. And even children pushed into a role that they shouldn't have to be pushed into. Uh, The example of this would be a child grows up and mother's irresponsible or sick and, and, and you... If you're this person, you had to be the mama, you had to be the daddy, you had to take care of brothers and sisters, you had to be the responsible one. And that is a source of bitterness because children that are pushed into a mama's role or 
daddy's role because mom and dad are not there. They miss their childhood and there's bitterness. Years ago, and I don't even know this lady's name, but a pastor called me from Oklahoma, and she was getting ready to have to have um, hip surgery. And I asked her if when she was growing up, did she have to carry her brothers and sisters on her hip? And she said, how did you know? And I said, well, that just came to me. And I said, and now you're a, you were trained up to carry somebody on your hip, and now you're a pastor and you're carrying everybody, you're carrying the whole congregation on your hip. And she said, you don't even have to pray for me. I'm already healed. You see, the truth set her free. You see, a hip, you know, that's a picture of uh, nurture. I've got a picture of my dad holding me on his hip, and that's a special picture for me. Children that have to carry their brothers and sisters on the hip, that's an issue of bitterness. Anyway, praise God for healing and deliverance. And basically, in all the things that I've shared about that could be a cause of bitterness, in all those things, it goes back to this one thing, letting the sun go down on your anger and not forgiving by sundown. And some of the consequences of bitterness is cancer, death, terminal death, because one of the words that that bitterness means, terminal death, it means to be barren and unfruitful. God says if you're if you you if you're unfruitful you're cut off physical and chemical imbalance you know many times people go to a to a psychologist or a psychiatrist and they give them a medicine for chemical imbalance it's almost like medicating a demon in fact if you're taking psychiatric medicine this is not to condemn you but can it look at the side effects at least two side effects in psychiatric medicine one is suicide and the other is homicide you have a lower resistance uh, another uh, repercussion of bitterness is aching teeth anger goes anger or bitterness causes the muscles to tighten up causes the pressure in the nerves to cause your teeth to ache bill gothard teaches that most illnesses today are root of having guilt or bitterness in your life that germs will not even have any effect on your life unless there's sin in your life Hard facial features, you know, if you walk around with a scrowl or a frown on your face, you're going to have premature wrinkles. God wants us to have the joy of the Lord. He wants our face to be set in an uplifted manner, not in a downcast way. Bone diseases, bitterness goes directly to the bones, and blood is made in in the bone marrow. Psychological problems, torment, sadness, depression, which causes you to Um, use up emotional energy, physical barrenness, and spiritual barrenness. You might have lots of physical kids, but you'll be be spiritually barren under the curse of the law of jealousy. Heart problems because you've hardened, hardened your heart. Indigestion, acid reflux. Spiritual identification, you become like the person you're angry or bitter towards. That's a sobering thought. Do you want to be like the people you're angry at? Having a depraved mind. The scripture says in in, um, Romans 1, because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped the creature rather than the creator. You see the idolatry of it. God gave them over to a depraved or reprobate mind, and that's one of the roots to Alzheimer's. Bitterness quenches the Holy Spirit. 
Bitterness will hold you into spiritual immaturity, possibly physical immaturity. And there'll be no fulfillment or development of character if you've got bitterness in your life because you're not being conformed into the image of Christ. You'll have rotten bones. Proverbs 14 says a tranquil heart, a peaceful heart, is life to the body, but but uh, anger, passion, rottens the bones. And that word passion is not talking about sexual passion. I guess if you got angry that you didn't get enough sex, that would make you angry. But passion means anger, rivalry, and jealousy. Envy rottens the bones. Arthritis is another um, another repercussion of bitterness and it really a lot depends on where the bitterness I mean where the arthritis is. If it's hands it's ministry. If it's feet it's your path, bitter towards your path. Feeling like you that God's taking you down some really bad places in your life. If it's arms, it can be arm of the flesh as I was sharing with you earlier. And so, you know, we have a choice. We can get bitter or better, and it's our choice. And we need to forgive ourselves and forgive other people, and that's the only cure for uh, bitterness. And remember, there's a throne of grace we can go to. And if you couldn't go to your mother and father, you need to forgive them for that. And the Bible tells us not to come short of the grace of God. And bitterness can only be defeated through forgiveness. And so if you're listening, I I just want to pray deliverance over you. And so if you're listening in, um, then just be repenting. I first want you to ask the Lord to show you anyone that you're holding unforgiveness toward. And if they're doing the same thing to you that your mother and daddy did, forgive your mother and father. And pray with me, Lord, in Jesus' name, forgive me for all the times I've let the sun go down on my anger. Father, forgive me for holding unforgiveness toward the people that you've shown me. I forgive my mother and father, forefathers, for doing the very same thing that these people have done to me. Forgive me for the idolatry. You know, I promised myself this wasn't going to happen, and life has gone the same way I promised it wasn't going. Forgive me, Lord, for a breach of love, a breach of charity, abandoning the faith. Forgive me for apostasy, extreme enmity, ill will, grudges, greed. God, would you please forgive me for irreconcilable enmity and anger, passions and emotions. Forgive me for severe bad temper, abiding sarcasm. Forgive me for wickedness. Lord, forgive me for uh, discouragement, feeling hopeless. Lord, I shouldn't ever be hopeless with you. Forgive me for feeling trapped. Lord, you said you ordered my steps. Forgive me for rebelling against my path and not submitting to you, the potter. You're the potter and I'm the clay, Lord. Forgive me for running around the potter's wheel and not just yielding to you. God, forgive me for bitterness that would cause acid reflux. Forgive me for unresolved grief. Forgive me for spiritual adultery. Forgive me for physical adultery. Lord, I just break the curse of the law of jealousy that would cause my stomach to swell and my thigh to waste away, me to be barren, spiritual adultery. Forgive me for being a fruitless Christian. Forgive me for grieving the Holy Spirit. Lord, forgive me for bitterness, 
wrath, anger, clamor, slander, and malice. Forgive me for not being kind to others, tenderhearted, forgiving others, just as you've forgiven me, Lord. I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me for not coming to your throne of grace. Lord, I didn't think I could. I thought you were just like my mother and father. I forgive my father and mother for never helping me, for never instructing me, for never uh, giving me sensible answers. I forgive them for just leaving me to myself. I forgive them for rejecting me, not loving me, not wanting the best for me, and whatever else, Lord, you show me whatever else. And forgive me for coming short of the grace of God, having a fainting spirit, wanting to give up, quit, wanting to bail out. God, I come to you now to your throne of grace to receive mercy and grace and help in time of need. Father, I ask you to forgive me for not allowing the trials I go through to conform me into the image of Christ. I yield to you now, Lord. Forgive me for wounding someone else's conscience and they're pattering, they're, they're pattering after my life. Forgive me for becoming just like who I've judged. Lord, I choose to forgive every person you've shown me. Forgive me for not counting all joy, knowing that the testing of my faith is producing endurance. Forgive me for not overcoming. Lord, forgive me for not dealing with childhood issues. Lord, I want to change. I want to be conformed into your image. Lord, forgive me for being bitter and resentful toward the trials in my life and not knowing that you're trying to teach me something. Forgive me for pride. Lord, I humble myself before you. Lord, forgive me for not passing the test. Thank you for showing me what's been in my heart. Lord, I receive you today as my Savior. If If you've never been born again, Receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Forgive me for not being willing to deny myself and take up my cross and follow you, Lord. I want to be born again, not just having a head knowledge of you, Lord, but I want a heart transformation. Forgive me for um, grumbling and complaining. God, you said you'd be my doctor. Forgive me for not being obedient Forgive me for not giving earnest heed to the voice of the Lord and doing what's right and giving ear to your commandments and keeping all your statutes. Lord, forgive me for not doing that. Lord, if I have sickness in my body, I ask you to show me if it's related to my unforgiveness or bitterness. Lord, I want you to come into all of my bitter places And sweeten them Just like you did for the children of Israel Thank you that you bore my grace at Calvary Thank you that you Lord died on the cross That by your stripes I'm healed Forgive me Lord for uh, Rejecting you Lord I, I choose to die to sin To live to righteousness And by your stripes You said I'd be healed Lord I want to put the axe to the root of the tree And, Lord, I take you back to the root of the problem, and I thank you. You show me, Lord. Lord, your word says if I lack wisdom, all I have to do is ask you, and you give liberally wisdom. And so, Lord, I ask you to show me what it is you're trying to teach me. Forgive me for not having ears to hear. Lord, forgive me for being angry at you because I've been angry at my mother and father. 
Forgive me for judging other people for the very things I do. Forgive me for wanting revenge. Forgive me for greed. Forgive me for taking up offenses for other people. Forgive me for idolatry. And, Lord, I forgive every person who's ever disappointed me. Lord, forgive me for controlling others and allowing other people to control me. Lord, I break off every yoke, and I come under the yoke of Jesus. That you said, Lord, it's light and easy, and I find rest for my soul. Forgive me for controlling others, expecting other people to be perfect, not resolving my hurt. Lord, forgive me for being ungrateful for my job. I forgive anyone for divorcing me. If I've gone through a divorce, I forgive the maid. I forgive the other woman. I forgive the other man. I forgive my parents for childhood traumas, for pressuring me to achieve if they did, for verbal, mental, physical, sexual abuse. I forgive every person who's ever touched me in an evil way or spoken an evil word to me. Forgive me for being negative. Forgive me for putting in operation spirits of death instead of spirits of life. Lord, forgive me for defiling others with the root of bitterness. Forgive me. I forgive those that have rejected me, not loved me. <clears throat> I forgive my mother for not breastfeeding me if she didn't. I forgive my husband for not nurturing me. I forgive my parents for pushing me into a role that I shouldn't have ever had to be in as a child, that I had to be the mom of the daddy. Um, I forgive my husband for not being the spiritual leader, that I had to be the, the breadwinner and the spiritual leader. I forgive him for lack of nurture. In the name of Jesus, <clears throat> now I come against, in the name of Jesus, uh, I break soul ties, praying with me, I break soul ties with every person I've held under forgiveness towards. In the name of Jesus, I call back my soul and spirit from them, send back their souls and spirits to them, exchange their image for the image of Christ. And I command the spirit of cancer, death, bitterness, resentment, anger, hostility, anger, rage, unforgiveness, torture, torment, barrenness, unfruitfulness. I break the curse of the law of jealousy, of spiritual adultery. I break the power of spiritual adultery, physical adultery. In the name of Jesus, I command uh, spirits that keep them from having uh, lower resistance to sickness, aching teeth, I command you to go, bone diseases. I break your power, guilt, and bitterness. I command you to go. I command all hard facial features to go in the name of Jesus. Bone diseases, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. I break the power in the name of Jesus of torment and sadness. I break the power of depression, discouragement, despair, hopelessness, barrenness, unfruitfulness, heart problems, hard heart. I command you to go indigestion. I command you to go acid reflux. I command you to go in the name of Jesus. I break soul ties with the people we've judged. I command you to go in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I command the familiar spirits of those we've judged to leave. I break the power of immaturity. I command you to go in the name of Jesus. I command barrenness to go, rotten bones. I loose on them a tranquil heart, which is life to the body. Passion, I break the power of passion. Jealousy, anger, rivalry, envy that's rotten the bones. I break the power of arthritis in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, uh, forgive me for being bitter toward my path, bitter toward authority, bitter toward ministers. Uh, Forgive me for being uh, armed with the flesh. Lord, I forgive myself 
in the name of Jesus, forgive me for being bitter toward myself. I come to your throne of grace, Lord. And Lord, forgive me for not walking in the spirit. Forgive me for not giving up my life. Forgive me for not letting go of my life, denying myself, taking up my cross to follow you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I do choose to forgive by an act of my will every person that has hurt me or caused me pain in Jesus' name. Now, every demonic spirit has to go. I break your power. I break the power of unforgiveness. I break the power of former torment, torture, hatred, variant, strife, emulation, witchcraft. I break the power of drunkenness in the name of Jesus, hopelessness, despair. I command you to leave now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. I ask you that your mighty Holy Spirit fall upon each person who's listening in. I ask you to set them free. I ask you to move with your healing power. I ask you to touch and heal each person who's listening in in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I pray with me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord, with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> now I'm going to give you a little time, and I'll share a little bit about the ministry, and you can give you time to call in if you want prayer. I'll be happy to pray for you. You can call uh, 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1. But anyway, you can go on our website at jerrymcgee.com. That's all little case, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. There's lots of things on there. There's a lot of free articles you can print out. There's, um, they're not copyrighted. I mean, if you just want to use them, uh, there's uh, free CDs you can listen to. You can listen to my son's testimony of AIDS that he made 13 days before he died of AIDS. Praise God, he's in heaven. But I just wanted to point you to several books on our website. There's one called Clearing the Land. This book has been all over the world since 1985. It lists all the curses. It lists, um, there's prayers in there to pray, to break curses, uh, things to renounce, how to break soul ties. Anyway, you can actually get deliverance just going through this repentance book. It's called Clearing the Land, and you can order it on my website. Also, there's a book called Resetting Life's Negative Reaping Patterns. And basically, we all are reaping either good or evil. And it tells us how to change the negative reaping to positive. And it's called um, Resetting Life's Negative Reaping Patterns. And and a few months ago, I was in... um, in uh, Louisiana doing a meeting and I gave a man a book called Drunkenness Is It a Blessing or Curse and the man's been in ministry for years and years and he told me that I needed to promote it but basically it's really uh, uncovering the evils that's in the church of this spirit of drunkenness which is not a blessing but you can also order that but there's a lot of other books that you can order on there there's some little bitty books called On Rejection on He Sent His Word to Heal Me there's one called um, self-deliverance where you can just uh, you can deliver yourself in fact 99% of my deliverance in the last 55 years has been self-deliverance just through lining myself with the word of God I I have a Duncanville meeting the first Saturday of each month at 10 o'clock and it's at the Hilton Garden Inns there it's off of I-20 in Duncanville 
you take exit 462, which is Main Street, and the hotel is right there on Interstate 20. And when you go into the hotel lobby, go go all the way to the right, all the way to the end, and we meet in the little room at the very end. And they can give you information there at the desk. But anyway, if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, Bedford or uh, Duncanville or Arlington or Grand Prairie, uh, I encourage you to come. It's free. We teach a message and then we do deliverance and then we minister personally to people if anyone needs personal prayer. And um, I'll be in Duncanville like I said, the first the first Saturday of March, and I'll be in Beaumont, Texas, at the Spiritual Warfare Conference, March the 8th through 10th. I'll also be teaching there on the 11th for the people that are coming uh, and are maybe have held over in their air flights for an extra day. So we have church there on Sunday on the 11th, and I'll be teaching there. I'll be at the ladies' conference at Hot Springs, Arkansas, at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp, and that's February the 16th through 18th. And I encourage you to come. We have prayer teams that pray for people every morning. It's very inexpensive. It's in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And if you're interested, you can go to LakeHamiltonBibleCamp.com. And... um Anyway, I, I hope you'll encourage, you will um, email me if you've gotten freedom or God's done something in your life, or if you have a question, you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. That's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at sbcglobal.net. If you'd like a meeting scheduled in your area at your church, then just email me. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else here. Oh, and if you if you have been blessed and you would like to donate to the ministry, you can donate online or you can mail a gift to Post Office Box 1141, Lindale, Texas. And the precious lady that sponsors this program, her name is Dorothy Carruthers. If you want to give a gift to her, she does a great work in sponsoring people to teach on her uh, blog talk radio. But her, her, you can send a gift through PayPal, and her address is D for Dorothy Churchy. It's really church with a Y, number one at hotmail.com. And so I appreciate you listening in. I hope you will listen in again on the third Tuesday of each month and the first Tuesday of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. And if there's nobody calling in, I'm going to... Dorothy, has anyone called in? I guess not. Hold anyway, on a minute. Someone just, someone just okay, called great. in, but they don't have their hand up. There they go. Are they there? Hello. Hi. Area code 230. Go ahead. How can I help you? Oh, I was just calling in to, the, to listen to the show. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Well, did uh, you listen? No, I'm actually on my lunch break. And is that oh, okay. for Jerry McGee? Yeah, well, she'll tell you. Uh, there, you can go. To, Dorothy, tell her how to go to the archives, and she can listen later. Uh, oh, is it over? It will awesome. Yes, you get called just as we were closing. 
Oh, I'm sorry. No problem. That's okay. In about about 20 minutes, the same length, you can listen to it, to the archived version. It usually takes anywhere from 20 minutes to two hours to archive. So, Oh, thank you so much. How does she go to that, Dorothy? Is there? Do you go to your website, or how does she find it? Goes to um. Well, she must have found the the link to get to the show if she called in, right? Did you find the blog talk link? Um. Yeah, it's, it was emailed to me. How is how I found it? Oh, okay. okay. So that same link. Are you on the forum? Um. No, I it just um it it was emailed me and uh I just pressed I just wrote down the number to call and it said to press 1, but I think there is a link to that you can get to to listen to her. I love her. So, well, I love you. <laughs> oh. So, well, um, oh, is this Jerry? Yes, it is. Is she Oh, she is on the phone. Oh, hello. I listen to you all the time on um Omega Man Radio. Well, thank you for listening. I, I'm blessed. Every oh. time somebody tells me they're blessed, because sometimes, you know, when you're trying to walk in their way, sometimes you things, whatever, never mind. I don't need to say anything. <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm just, I can't believe I'm talking to you. But, yeah, I listen to you all the time, and I I am I kind of messed up in my life, and I, um actually I'm trying to do things right this time around and you know I'm by myself and I listen to you several times a week probably and I'll re-listen to it and re-listen to it it's been such a blessing oh, and a help to me well, yes so and thank you well if you go into my website and sign up and this is for anyone else listening in sign up for my email and I'll send out flyers and if uh, if you need the link to this program, she usually sends it to me. And so if you'll email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net, then I'll send you the link. Okay. Plus well, I'll thank you so much. Them, plus I'll add you to the mailing list, the email list, and then when I'm going to be somewhere, or you'll get a, I'll send a flyer out. Okay. I actually, I think I am on your email list. <laughs> okay. What, I, what is your name? Uh, Laura uh, L. Bohm, B-O-H-M, okay. and okay. Um, I've been listening to you for such a uh, a while now, and you've just been a blessing in my life. Well, first. well that's encouraging. Praise God. Well, bless yes. you, bless you, bless you. Thank Keep you, listening. and you as well. I okay. sure will. God bless you. And for all okay, those God others that too. are listening in, may the Lord bless all of you and keep you and make his face shine upon you even in a greater way. Love you all. Thanks Thank you. for listening in. Okay. Uh-huh. Bye-bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.